Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living, a program designed to educate and inspire listeners throughout Indian country. American Indian and Alaska Native Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he is here today to help you learn more about your health. Here is Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. It is great to be again in this beautiful venue in Anchorage, Alaska. We are here at a conference that is sponsored by the National Indian Health Board. It's the National Tribal Health Conference. If you're a regular listener to the show, you've heard a number of programs from this venue already. And we're doing another one right here from the exhibit hall. So you'll hear some of that ambient noise of the environment. It's a a very uh, robust environment here. People are energized as they've come throughout Indian country really to make a difference. And uh, the person sitting across from me is no different, Milton Dallas. Milton, it is great to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. There are so many organizations here in Anchorage, and of course it's a health conference. There's a lot of things that are kind of hot topics when it comes to health. One of them in my circles as a physician that we're hearing so much attention about has to do with prescription drugs, especially misuse of drugs. And sometimes uh, part of that dialogue includes talking about all those drugs that end up sitting in our refrigerators or on our shelves. You have had a special interest in that topic for a number of years. Milton, tell us a little bit about why this was something just meaningful to you personally. Yeah, this is very um, special and important. So our company would bring a lot of different products to market. I was actually on a TV program in the Milwaukee area. It's very similar to Shark Tank. And so I was one of the panelists, and I'm very good at developing products and bringing products to market, et cetera. And a person that didn't make that particular show was a nurse, and she caught me after the show And she told me of a story where a teenager got into their dumpster at the nursing home, took the pills that they tried to mask, took the pills and died in the dumpster. And that's pretty much how our product started. She came to us and said, like, how can we do this? And as a business model, there was no laws. There was nothing that said we had to do any of this thing. But from my background as a native from the Oneida tribe of Wisconsin, I'm just like, there's got to be a way to help society, the community, our water. So that's really how we got started. So we've been doing this since 2010, way before there was a federal law or anything, because it's the right thing to do. This is just great. And, you know, so much discussion today. I mean, we're hearing all these reports of people flushing medications uh, down the toilet and identifying residues in the water and fish, things like that. And you've had this forward-thinking vision now for some 13 years. Tell us a little bit about where that went from a personal interest, a passion about this, to now something that's making a difference really throughout the world, in fact. Yeah, sure. So we're trying to change behaviors, right? So back in the day, I'm in my mid-50s, right? So back in the day, a lot of folks would keep their medication for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So the unused medications, we now know through data that 70% of those prescribed drugs go unused. Mm -hmm. So that 70% gets found by someone Maybe it's a teen, maybe it's a youth, maybe it's someone just wanted to misuse, abuse these drugs. So they go to the family member's cabinet, and that's where they're getting them. That's where they're starting the process of getting hooked on opioids, mm. drugs, any types of medications. And then we get into these situations where we have overdose. So our whole program is about preventative. We want to change the behaviors. So those unused medications, when you're done with them, put them into the RX destroyer, get them neutralized, and you can reuse our product till it's full from one year after you open it. So it's constantly in your medicine cabinet every time you open it up. Hey, put your unused medications in here. Let's get rid of them so that people aren't getting a hold of them and misusing them. 
So that's really the whole goal. And that's the other component is you talked about flushing. And mm-hmm. actually, there's still federal websites that still say, hey, flush drugs. I don't want people putting drugs into my water supply mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm drinking whatever they're putting into the water. Mm-hmm. Our motto is saving water, saving lives, one prescription at a time. So it's like it's really about the big picture and talking about prevention, making prevention happen. Most people are familiar now with the sharps containers. And you've got an unused needle, you've pricked your finger to check a blood sugar, you put it into that sharps container. That's just storing things that if you broke that open, you could still be contaminated with those blood body fluids. Tell me how RX Destroyer actually works. Is it just housing these pills? Is it actually somehow denaturing them? That's a great question. So activated carbon has been used for centuries, going all the way back to Egyptian times. So we're using it to neutralize. So what it's called is adsorption. It's chemical Mm. digestion. Mm -hmm. And this is approved uh, method to destroy drugs versus incineration. So this is a fairly new method. It actually neutralizes the drug by adsorbing them. So adsorb means it's attaching itself chemically to the carbon flake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus absorbing, which is kind of like wringing out you know, you'd wipe up some water and you could wring it out and the drugs would come back out. Mm-hmm. This will not come back off the carbon. So once it's on that carbon, it can't be misused or abused. Mm-hmm. And it takes a significant amount of temperature to release it. But at that point, it also evaporates. Okay. So effectively, when you put it into our product, it dissolves it because it's ready to use. The fluid's already in there. It mm-hmm. dissolves it, attaches to the carbon. We reuse it, reuse it, reuse it up to one year. When you're done, throw it in the garbage. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, carbon is such a, an interesting compound. People have heard about activated charcoal, using it as an antidote. So if someone were to take that, of course, it's just drugs that are bound to the carbon. It's not going to have any effect on them, right? Zero effect. Zero effect. And even if there was any type of spillage or anything, we have all the data on our website that proves all of this scientifically, that if it actually was punctured, we have three times more carbon in our products than we need Mm. so that if it did get punctured and it seeped into the landfill, it would continue to absorb chemicals or whatever's in there. So it actually helps cleanse the environment. Well, that's crazy. So how long has RX uh, Destroyer been out there? We've been on the market since 2010. We're the pioneer in the market. Tongue-in-cheek, some people call me the grandfather of drug disposal (laughs) because we're the leader in this space. Um, We're pretty much in all the hospitals, big hospitals, long-term care, nursing home. That's kind of where we started. And now with the opioid settlement money, and really the focus for me is to give back to other tribal communities. So our group, our marketing teams, our sales teams are working with tribes all over the country to give a very effective, sustainable program so that we can get our product into every household and every tribal member's hands in the country. So that's my ultimate goal. So we have a lot of uh, tribal council people that listen to this show. We have people in tribal health departments. A lot of them you know, know about your product. Maybe someone doesn't. Maybe someone's working in a smaller medical clinic. Maybe they're not working in a, a native clinic. Maybe they're working in some other community uh, health clinic, and they know this is a problem in their community. They say, we don't have anything like this. The, the people that are coming into our medical office, they don't know anything about this. Do you recommend people individually reaching out to you? Do you like to work with tribal organizations? What's your preference as far as reaching Indian country? Right. So we found that working with groups is, you know, it's more effective. We're not a very big company. Mm -hmm. So we work with groups. Like originally when we started the product, you know, starting a new product, you try to sell it to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That becomes unsustainable with a small workforce, small sales force. 
So we started working with distributors. We have all the largest medical distributors in the world that sell our product. Um, then we started wanting to focusing on tribes. So now focusing on the health groups, the behavioral groups within those markets, and then just you know let them spread the word to their membership, to their community. Um, our marketing director, which is actually my daughter, she um, has a special little tag that we hang on the bottles where you can customize the, our, our small four ounce, it's our smallest product, but you can customize it with your own information, contact information, a QR code so you could send them to a website, hmm. collect really good data, or just say, hey, um, my product is full, please send me another one. So there's a lot of different ways that we're trying to outreach to folks and really create an environment where it's educational and helpful and they want to use it. Um, we know that the vast majority of people do not bring their products to police stations to bring their truck mm. drugs back. We, no one likes to go to the police station, <laughs> no, right? No, it's, so it's, it's clear. The reality of it is the federal government has a pretty good program, two days a year, take back, right? That's a great start. Our effort is make it every single day. Mm-hmm. When it's in your medicine cabinet, you open the door, it's there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the drugs now before they become a problem. Now, I'm looking at what you brought by the booth, and I'd love to uh, have a video edition of this show. We don't, just for you know full disclosure to uh, my listeners. But uh, you've brought what looks here to the booth like, I'll just be honest with you, this looks like a pill bottle, just like a normal pill bottle. I'm shaking it. it sounds like there's a fluid in there. Correct. Can anybody open this, or is it adult-proof as well? So great. So the science behind here is... There's a dissolving liquid in here that's mm-hmm. eco-friendly. I actually drink this. It's no actually way. good for you. No, I, I don't believe this. You actually drink this stuff? It's Right. It's We created it. The whole patent's all about creating basically your stomach in a bottle. Uh-huh. So there's the dissolving agents, which is like the acids in your stomach. Uh-huh. Activated carbon grabs those drugs or the uh-huh. chemicals. And this closure, the lid, the cap, has a little vent in it, a Gore-Tex-type element in there, mm-hmm. which allows it to gas. So... Back to basic chemistry, right? Acids and bases produce gases. When we first started this, we didn't have a vent on here, but then we were seeing the bottles expand because they're off-gassing. Sure, sure. So we put the vent in here, and now it self-regulates. I can't believe this. How could there be a vent in this? So I wish folks could see this. This looks like a sealed cap, but you're saying the cap actually kind of rises up and lets gas come out around it? It usually is a slower-release gas process than that. So there's a little Gore-Tex element on there, which allows... and People that are outdoors people, they know that Gore-Tex allows air to go through, but not moisture. I knew this would be adult-proof. I'm struggling. So it is child-resistant closure. <laughs> yeah, this is always challenging. Some folks would find it amusing seeing the radio host trying to open a bottle here. Okay, I'm trying to read instructions. Push, down, and turn. Yeah, we all know how that works. Okay, I'm pushing down, turning, turning, turning. Ah, it does really come off. Is this the Gore-Tex right here? This is the seal that we ship with so that it doesn't create any you know, spillage issues during shipping okay. because we know that some of the shippers can be hard on these products. Sure. So the actual breathable element is right there. It's a little ah. less than a quarter of an inch, a little diameter uh-huh. Gore-Tex element in here. That's and amazing. And that's what allows this to breathe and off-gas. But nothing will leak out. Nothing will leak out. No, sir. That's just amazing. You talk about high-tech. I mean, you got me fascinated. I can't wrap my mind around that, how gas could get out. But liquid can't. Same as your shoes, Gore-Tex jacket, shoes, clothing. So Wow. And you've got on this particular bottle that you brought by, you've got a little uh, bit of information, reusable drug disposal that makes every day drug take-back day. And you've been sharing that concept with us. But like you said, this could be personalized, maybe for a tribe or someone else. Is that right? Right. And a lot of tribes that we have talking to is they're very interested in letting people know that 
we're providing this or we're helping. Here's some more information. Maybe you're a senior that has a hard time reading. Maybe you need audio. Mm-hmm. So we have a QR code, oh, you know, nice. that you have in it, and you can put them anywhere that you want uh-huh, so uh-huh. that they can get the information that they need, they want. Um, the tribe can collect data in terms of, like, who's this helping, how's it helping them, et cetera. So um, there's any any way that you want to do it, you can just, we'll, we'll customize that for you. So we got a lot of folks listening throughout Indian country, and no doubt there's probably many of them right now. They're starting to say, well, how come I haven't heard of this? Is my tribe aware of it? Is your penetrance throughout Indian country, through tribal health programs, through Indian health service, things like that, is this pretty prevalent right now? Do people all know about the product and are they sharing the information or where are we at with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've been doing this since 2010. We started in nursing homes and long-term care, and then we expanded into hospitals and so forth. Um, so we're really on the commercial side. It mm-hmm. wasn't until recently with like opioid settlement money and things mm-hmm. like that. And a refocus for me uh, to like, how do we get this into everywhere within the United States? How do we mm-hmm. get to sue everyone? Um, so that's where we're rolling out, you know, a plan that's sustainable mm-hmm. so that people know how to use this, how to apply it, when to apply it. And really, again, getting those drugs into this container so they can't be misused and abused. So in Indian country, it's relatively new, mm-hmm. but for corporate America, hospitals, acute, non-acute, we're the leader in that space. So let's just say, for example, a tribal chairperson listening to today, today's show, and they say, I haven't heard about this. Maybe they get on the right. phone and they call tribal health director and you know ask, are, are we using this? Are we giving them out to patients? And they say no. What do you recommend they do? Where do they go from that initial interest? Sure. They reach out to our office, and we'll put them in touch with whoever they need to, to work with. So we have a lot of clientele. Like I said, we have the top 10 distributors for medical distributors in the country in the world. Um, so if they can't help them, we'll certainly align them with people. Uh, my marketing and sales teams, they all have been instructed to do whatever they can for the tribes, whatever it takes. Let's get this into the hands of membership and really start to take this problem on head on. So let's give some contact information. we got to step away here briefly for a break, but uh, let us know how we can contact your team. Sure. Uh, if you go to rxdestroyer.com, that'll get you anywhere that you need to be. Um, and, and please, you know, whoever's listening to this, don't feel bad. I would say 80% of the trade shows that we go to, they've never even heard of our product either. They're not even aware that there's laws that you should be disposing or getting rid of drugs as you're supposed to. Wow. rxdestroyer.com. Milton Dallas, my guest. We've got to step away briefly. We're going to be coming back with more from the National Indian Health Board's annual conference right here in Anchorage, Alaska. Stay by. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L dot org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
When Jim died, I wondered if I would be able to keep the farm. Then I heard about the USDA's loan program for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. It's for women and minorities who may be having trouble getting credit. Once I was approved, the USDA's Farm Service Agency helped me get the credit I needed. Now I don't have to sell, and I can pass the farm down to my kids the way Jim's dad passed it down to him. I know he'd like that. Contact your local USDA Service Center or visit www.fsa.usda.gov. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're recording here in Anchorage, Alaska. It is May of 2023. We're at the National Indian Health Board's National Tribal Health Conference. And I'm speaking with Milton Dallas. He's the CEO of RX Destroyer. Milton, we've been talking about this great uh, resource you've developed that is being used not just in Indian country, but in hospitals throughout the country, throughout the world. Got to tell you a story, though, and, and my listeners, I think, might be interested in this because many years ago, I was working with a family and sharing with them practical pointers on how they could improve their health. After they implemented some of these things, they said, you know, we're just feeling so much better. And they said, we never knew how bad we actually felt until we felt so much better. And it's kind of this whole dynamic, you don't know what you don't know until you experience something different, right? And it seems like in the space that you're dealing with, a lot of people are just not aware of a lot of things that uh, are sitting in the medicine cabinets of people in their community, tribal elders, tribal council people, they don't realize some of the risks that are right in their backyard, and then they may not be aware of some of the legislation that's out there. I mean, some tribes, I mean, they're very right on top of everything, you know, legislatively, but other smaller tribes and or disseminated tribal populations, they may not know some of the regulations. So let's step back a little bit and talk about where we're at in America and what kind of laws are out there about medication disposal. Help us with that. Sure. So there's um, a couple of different classifications. It's called registrants. So anyone that's allowed to prescribe medications is a registrant. So there's a federal law that requires them to safely and manage the disposal of unused medications. Mm. So there's a federal law. that, And going back to the earlier part, a great portion of those professionals don't know that that's the law, mm. which is kind of scary, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another major component is ultimate users. Those are folks that 
get the drugs prescribed to them. So those folks have any means that they would want to dispose of their drugs. They're allowed to flush them. Mm. They're allowed to throw them in the garbage. They're allowed to do anything they want with them. There's no law mm. to that. But I think there's a social responsibility. There's an environmental responsibility that we as human beings, right, need to take control of our environment and our community and our families for the betterment of society, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we're going down this path. It's like just because you don't know what you don't know doesn't mean you can't go out and find those answers. Mm -hmm. And this is to start broadcasts like this, help to get the word out. You know, people talking about this gets the word out. We have people that stop by our booth, call us, talk to us, and they're like, this is unbelievable technology. They think it's it seems like magic, but it's true science, true chemical digestion can, you know, really get rid of your drugs, and it keeps them out of our water supply. Like I mentioned, the federal government still states that you can flush certain things mm -hmm. down the water. I don't want to drink those. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat fish that has chemicals in them. Mm -hmm. There's websites. There's links on our website that you can go to, and it shows the contaminants that are in your water supply. And it's our job, I think it's our job, to not flush and put these things down the water or sewer because you're drinking them, my neighbor's mm -hmm. drinking them. The aquifers are miles, right, miles and miles. So it's like our neighbors are the next community could be drinking and are probably drinking the pills that we're putting into uh. our sinks, sewers, we actually, uh, at a trade show, I think it was someone in Louisiana, it was a correctional facility. Mm -hmm. They're putting people to death, right, in those situations mm -hmm. at a correction. They were literally taking the excess medications, the serums that killed the person, and they're flushing it right, they're squirting mm -hmm. it right down the toilet. Who wants that? There's no one that wants that. So there's a responsibility that we have as, as individuals and as business owners, as corporations, that we really need to get a hold of ourselves and really understand that we're wrecking this environment, not only for us, for the next seven generations. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's our responsibility. And the really cool thing is with tribes is they recognize that. Now we need to get other communities to really start recognizing that. If folks are just joining us, they uh, missed the fact that you have brought in actually to our virtual studio here in the exhibit hall the uh, RX Destroyer in a bottle. This is the smallest product you make, is that correct? That is correct. And this is a four-ounce bottle? That is a four-ounce bottle. So for individuals who obviously can't see over the radio, this just looks like uh, maybe I went to the drugstore and got a, a prescription or I got a, a supplement, just kind of a standard bottle. But it's got a solution inside that is uh, both digestive, breaks the medication down, and then it adsorbs or gets uh, stuck, if you will, to these charcoal particles. Am I understanding it correctly? That's correct. Perfect. What do you have for someone who's in a clinic or in another setting where they're dealing with a larger volume of medications? How big do these things come, if you will? Sure. So we've designed these to make them, so as you fill them, we want to make sure that, that drugs are being neutralized and taken care of. And it's very scalable, right? Mm -hmm. So a nursing home might need a 16-ounce or a half a gallon. Oh, okay. Or a hospital might need gallon units or two and a half and five gallons. Um, a lot of the take-back programs, like for EMTs, fire, we have a five-gallon that they can come by. And, you know, if they're doing the take-back day, they can bring their drugs and put them right into this larger five-gallon. Wow. And the benefit for that is, like, for the firefighters or police that are doing these take-back days, they can simply discard that into the common trash versus driving it somewhere taking two or three officers, their part of the day, to go deal with something like that, that they don't have to do that anymore because it's chemical digestion and it's been neutralized. So you say because it's inert, they can just take this liquid 
and just pour it down the sink? Or what do you throw the whole container out? It's in recyclable materials, so you oh, okay. get rid of the whole container. Okay. And the crazy thing that you mentioned that my mind is still trying to grapple with is because this has these digestive components and the activated carbon. If someone throws this in a landfill and uh, as the container decomposes because it's biodegradable, then the actual solution can actually trap and neutralize other things that may have gotten into the landfill. It will continue to work until it's been full. We have three times the amount of carbon in here, so it'll continue to work until they're full. That's an amazing concept. So end users. End users. They can go, like, if I say, hey, I want one of these in my home, I can go to rxdestroyer.com and I can purchase one of these online or not? You would probably go to Amazon. Okay. And then you would get that as an individual. Oh, they're in all the Walgreens across the United States. Okay. Uh, so they're available there. So this product, you can put many types of drugs in here, different pill forms, pills, capsules, creams, lodges, popsicles. Mm. It will take fentanyl, destroys fentanyl, okay. cocaine, methamphetamines, even marijuana. Marijuana is one of the probably most difficult drugs to neutralize. Mm. Oxycontin. Okay. We, and all this data is available on our website. This is provable and tested data. So I know one of the questions that sometimes comes up when we speak about narcotics, and you mentioned fentanyl, and often people, you know, have gotten it in a patch form. So how do they use this device with something that's in a patch? Sure. So what we recommend is to make the surface that is actually where the uh, medication's on. We put that to the outside and we put it into the container. Okay. Just put the whole patch. Put right the whole in the patch container. right in the container. Okay. And that'll neutralize everything. It'll neutralize. It. The whole goal is to get the liquid and then that carbon to touch that component, whatever it is, the uh -huh. capsule uh -huh. patch or whatever it is, and it'll just take care of itself. That's what it does. So if I'm working with a capsule and I throw 20 capsules in here, if I were to open it up, take that membrane off that helps vent it, I guess the vent is in the top. So you can actually see the liquid when you open it up, right? Right. Okay, so I throw those 20 capsules in. If I come back in a day, will it just look like water in there? It'll look like water in there, but you'll see the shells from the capsule. So oh, okay. It's just like your stomach. So your stomach doesn't digest those. You release those in your stool, right? Okay. Same thing here. When you open it, you'll see the capsule shells. Okay. So those will still be there. It will separate it, and it will grab a hold of the drugs and neutralize what's in there. Yeah, and I know different capsules, you know, some are in a matrix, and like you said, you know, they're not going to dissolve, but there's probably some other things that would dissolve if it's just like a gelatin capsule, right? Yeah, they're all a little bit different. All mm -hmm. drugs are a little bit different. Chemically, right. they're the same signature, the same chemical composition, but most drugs will dissolve in minutes, you know, and, and time release will take a little longer, just like your stomach. If it's a time release, it'll take a little longer, but it once it's adsorbed, water-soluble drugs, they'll grab another carbon, and then they've been neutralized. So I know you have a special burden for Native communities, you know, going back to your own roots, Milton. You sounded like you were saying there might be some special arrangements in Indian country. Am I hearing that correctly? That is correct. So, you know, I've been pretty fortunate. My tribe has done just an incredible job providing education, mm -hmm. right? That's our focus. And then go out, get yourself educated, and bring that back to the tribe. And I feel that that's where I'm at in my life is uh, we've brought a pretty successful product to market. And I want to give back. It's time to give back now. Mm -hmm. And I want to give back to everyone. So we're providing the resources, whatever it is, education, learning tools, you know, marketing, whatever it is, we're providing that to any of the tribal members that come to us. And we're giving it at exceptional pricing because we really want to take this problem head on. And That's tremendous. So basically a tribal member, tribal leader, 
the place to go is still the website? That's the place to go. That's the best starting point. If you Google RX Destroyer, we'll come up all over the place. Okay. Um, but the best place to get the product right now for the individual would be Amazon. So all I've got to remember are two letters, RX. Those are the things that I write as a physician prescription, right? So write RX and then Destroyer. RX Destroyer. If I can remember that, if I put it in a search engine, I'll find your products and I'll find how to contact you. Absolutely. We'll be there and we're there for you. We'll answer any questions. We'll take all the time that you need to get familiar, get it on board, you know, answer any of the questions they have. So we're there for everyone anytime they want us. Tremendous. And we'll save them a step and say just go to rxdestroyer.com and you're right there. We're ready for you. Milton, I so appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you all you do. Thank you very much. We do have to step away. We've got some other great guests coming up in this edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. Live recording right here in Anchorage, Alaska. Don't go away. You don't want to miss our next segment. I'm Dr. DeRose. American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at AIANL.org or call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at samhsa.gov support. That's S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov slash support. Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth. If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov slash meth. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. 
Welcome back for the second half of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. We're continuing this uh, really amazing show where I'm rubbing shoulders with people from throughout Indian country who are here in Anchorage, Alaska. Daria Montgomery is now sitting across from me. Daria, it is great to have you with us on the show. Thank you, Dave. It's good to be here. Daria, you are here at this conference representing something called Recovery Ways. Uh, folks who've been here at the conference, they've had an opportunity to talk with you and your team. But uh, maybe some others who are listening to the show say, hey, sounds like a good organization, recovery. That always sounds good. Recovery Ways, slogan, healing is possible. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Correct. Yeah, so Recovery Ways is a dual diagnosis treatment facility. Our hub is actually in Salt Lake City, Utah, and we have separate tracks for mental health and one separate for substance use disorders. Um, we see a lot of folks who come to us for treatment for mental health, you know, depression, anxiety, OCD, postpartum. We're a preferred provider for a lot of first responders, so we work mm. with firefighters, flight attendants. And then because of our ability to provide this excellent treatment, make it affordable for patients with any commercial health insurance, we see folks from all over the board. We have teachers and we have anyone comes up for treatment. We have residential treatment, like I said, separately for substance use and mental health. And then we're also able to provide day treatment options. So a lot of our folks use that as a step down, but they can also admit directly for any of our levels of care. Day treatment is uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and then we also provide free room and board and housing for folks that are doing that level of care with us. For residential patients, they're typically there for about 30 days. Day treatment is anywhere from about two to six weeks. And then we're also able to offer intensive outpatient programs, which mm. are three times a week, and we have outpatient programs also in the greater Washington area, Spokane and Seattle, and mm -hmm. then down in Idaho as well as Texas. Wow, wow. So you guys have got a footprint in a lot of the West. Uh, exactly. Now, dual diagnosis, I mean, anyone who just knows uh, words, they say, well, dual, that's two, two diagnoses. They heard you talking about mental health and substance abuse. Is that what you're talking about, yes. mental health problems and also substance abuse? Exactly. Yeah, Dave. So, I mean, so often those two go hand in hand, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. see a lot of folks that come to us for mental health and they're coping with it by drinking or using mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And then, so we try and figure out what's the primary issue. Is there really, you know, obviously, like I said, there's, they're co-occurring. Mm -hmm. um, but if someone's really, we've got to dial down what the substance use is, then they may be better suited for our substance use facility. And if it's really primarily mental health, then we'll try and situate it in that way. We also do have a very careful screening process where mm -hmm. our medical team and our clinical team will look at a, each patient that's presenting to figure out which facility they're going to be best suited in or what tailored treatment that patient needs. You know, one of the things I think that's challenging as we speak about these issues is uh, just the fact that there's so much stigma attached to not only mental health but substance abuse. We've explored that with uh, a couple of the other guests that we've had here in Anchorage, and we're talking about folks that are on the treatment end. You folks uh, are involved in a longitudinal care. Some of these folks you're seeing uh, over, as you mentioned, many weeks, uh, maybe months. Why is Recovery Ways any different from any other treatment program? That's a great question. So Recovery Ways is unique for a couple of ways. One, 
a lot of facilities you'll look at, they will have a medical director mm -hmm. and that provider will come in and see all of the patients once a week. They're in, they're out. Recovery Ways has a full medical team, including psychiatrists, internal medicine. And so at any given time, we have a provider in-house that's able to check in on patients. In addition to that, we have the full clinical team. So each of our mm. patients has an individual therapist that they meet with at once a week. But what's unique to Recovery Ways is we have a somatic experience team. So, mm. you know, patients that have been depressed or anxious or dealing with substance use over time, we're seeing that there's a lot of damage done to the nervous system. So our somatic mm -hmm. experience team is able to work from that perspective. Additionally, we have state-of-the-art sensory rooms where we mm. have master's level occupational therapists. And those therapists work with our patients to sort of, you know, in a nutshell, get out of their mind and into their bodies. So what does anxiety look like in your body before it manifests into an anxiety attack? What does a craving look like in the early stages before you find yourself standing in front of the liquor store? So we sort of have this four-prong approach in terms of their treatment. The other things that make Recovery Ways unique is that we have a robust case management team. Mm. So, you know, a lot of patients can do well when they're in residential treatment, mm -hmm. right? They're living mm -hmm. in this nice bubble. They can focus for that period of time. But really the work comes in and making sure that we have the appropriate aftercare set up for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. They have a good therapist not lined up when they discharge. They have scheduled appointments with a psychiatrist or an addictionologist. That they're wrapped up in their home community when they leave so that they're not just stepping out of treatment into the abyss. Mm -hmm. That we have a good careful system set up. Additionally, we have a solid team of alumni where we have staff and also alumni from our program. Wow. The, the patients, yeah. Uh -huh. And the, our alumni check in with all of our patients who graduate. And it's sort of on this gradual basis. They check in with them once a week for the first month and then uh -huh. every other week. But for the first year, there's some point of contact with our patients. And they will do outings together where we will, really? yeah, we'll set up a time. Like, for example, they might go bowling for a night or they mm -hmm. might go to an amusement park or something. And we'll have an annual retreat for all of our alumni that come back. And so keeping our, we actually call it the tribe, our patients who graduate from our program, keeping them involved in part of this community so they have a touch point if the wheels start to fall off or they're needing more support as they go along. I mean, I really love so much of what you're doing. And, you know, when we talk about residential treatment, Folks, typically, they'll look at programs throughout the country sometimes. That's uh, right. Someone comes to Utah at your facility there. And where exactly are you if someone says, well, I know Salt Lake City, but that's about it. Where are you located? That's a great question. So we're really centrally located right sort of in the middle of the city in Salt Lake City. Okay. And we do that on purpose because we want to be accessible by public transit for our patients mm -hmm. who need to utilize that. So we're located in Murray, Utah for those of you who know Salt Lake's layout. And so much is out there to be said about when you have patients who are struggling in their demographic. You know, when you remove the patient from their playground, mm. where this is where they were using with all of their friends mm -hmm. and certain places or triggers, sometimes mm -hmm. getting them out of that environment can play such a key role in that recovery. And then when they can continue to do that as part of a step down to day treatment and then step down to intensive outpatient, one of the things that we're fortunate to do is we have therapists that are licensed in 10 different states. So we might have a patient who comes to us from mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. So if that patient completes treatment, they go back home to Florida, they can still log into our program virtually and continue that care. And hopefully by that point, our case managers have set up a good 
system for them to have a therapist and a psychiatrist. So the goal is sort of to create that good warm handoff, that wraparound care that mm-hmm. is unique to Recovery Ways. So let's just say someone in Florida listening today to the program, and they say, I need help. I don't want to stay around here. Too many people know me. Maybe they've been in a leadership position in their community. They're just too visible. Sure. And they say, Utah sounds like a safe place. So where does the process start? How does someone connect with you or Recovery Ways? Or what's their point of contact? That's also a great question. So, so many people have my cell phone number, and I think you, we can air that somewhere wherever it's convenient for you guys. You're welcome to call me directly. You're welcome to contact Recovery Ways either through our website or our 800 numbers, but really just call us. You're welcome to call me. I'm happy to figure out where, you know, if we're the right fit for that that patient or, re, you know, if you're a referent, if you're trying to figure out whether we're a good fit for your for your patient. Um, we have our admissions team, which does a screening process, and if there's a, an insurance, we will take care of all of that stuff for you. So you mm-hmm. really just have to worry about what you need to get better or if you as the physician, what your patient needs to get better. I or our team are happy to do all that work for you guys on the front end. So best number to use for you would be what? My cell phone is area code 801-915-0260. Again, that's 801-915-0260. Okay, so I've got the 801 area code, then 915-0260. That's right. And you can call or text me at that number. Wow. And our website is recoveryways.com. Okay, simply recoveryways, W-A-Y-S. Correct. The S is important. Okay, recoveryways.com. And I can learn about what you folks are doing in Utah as well as other places throughout the West. Exactly. And the inpatient programs, are those just as widely distributed as your outpatient? How does that work? Yep. Well, so inpatient, we have, it, we're about 30, 35 bed facility on either side. Okay. Um, we really prioritize and triage our patients. So the patient that might be in a hospital, they might be prioritized, but really we do an effective job of not having a wait list, which is a common concern with other mm, programs. Right, right. We, we don't really have that. Oh, okay. We are able to quickly facilitate when the patient is ready to come in for treatment. So we're back to our tribal member in Florida. And they're listening to the show. They say, I want to get on the phone. I'm going to call Daria. They call that 801-915-0260. You pick right up. Maybe you can't pick right up. Maybe you're doing a radio interview. <laughs> Thank you for having you know, your phone on silent, by of the way. Course. Yeah, but uh, so you, you take their call at some point or you respond to their text. And they maybe are wanting to know how to navigate the process. How do I choose which of the recovery ways facilities uh should I go to Utah, Washington State, Idaho? What kind of things should I be thinking about? What kind of questions even should I be asking? And maybe something else that is high on that list is, like you alluded to, they're wondering maybe about their tribal health program. You know, are they going to be covered to come out to your program? Yeah. You're here at an event in Indian country, so I'm assuming that you have maybe relationships with tribes, or how does that all work? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first part of your question, anytime a call comes in to me, it's important to me that I have a personal relationship with, you know, mm. our patient that's contacting, or the referent that's contacting us. You know, each, this is a, while to me it might just be my day-to-day life and this is my job, but to that person it's the most important thing that's happening to them. Mm-hmm. So I really want to make sure that they are feeling heard and that their concerns are being adequately addressed. 
And, you know, I'm only as good as the folks behind me, our mm-hmm. clinical team, our admissions team. So I will gather that initial information and mm-hmm. I will continue to stay a part of that conversation. But I then will hand the case off to our admissions team. Okay. They will figure out if there's an insurance that we need to look at. Mm-hmm. They will start the screening process and together we'll make sure that we educate the patient about what each step is along the way so they don't have to feel like they're left in the dark figuring mm-hmm. out the next step. And then to be out here, you know, this is our first time at this conference and we're really excited to be here. Mostly we wanted to come out and just see what the need is mm-hmm. with the American Indian Alaska Native tribes and how can we show up to be a partner in the concerns that we're seeing. Just earlier today, I've spoken to a lot of members that are coming through and talking about how the prevalence of fentanyl in their mm-hmm. communities and alcoholism in their communities. So just knowing what the concerns are out there arms us to figure out how we can best show up for the tribes. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate your commitment. It's so great to have you guys here. And uh, we've got some other important things to talk about because a lot of folks have questions about treatment options, how to go about things. We do have to step away briefly, though. So you're able to stay by for our final segment? Yes, of course. Okay. So I'm talking with Daria Montgomery. She's a referral relations specialist with Recovery Ways. She's based in Utah. We're going to be coming back, talking about more issues that you may have, more questions about just the whole recovery process, how recovery ways, or maybe even another facility might be of benefit to you. Daria is going to help us uh, navigate that dialogue. We'll be back with a lot more right after these important messages. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. If a natural disaster comes knocking, how prepared is your family? You can't just close the door on earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes and hope they go away. That's why it's important to make a plan now. Ready.gov slash plan has the tools and tips you need to prepare your family for an emergency. So if disaster shows up at your doorstep, you'll be ready. Visit ready.gov slash plan and make a plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm just texting him back. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. What is a number story? My number story started with fear and a lack of support, and it has led me to be there for others. A number story begins in our childhood with ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. My number story begins with the separation from my father and the emotional abandonment from my mother and leads to me being a role model to not only myself, but those around me by becoming the person that wasn't there for me. ACEs are so common, two-thirds of us have one. My number story begins with drug abuse and homelessness and leads to realizing that I can live life by my own standards. A study found the more ACEs, the more likely we may experience a host of serious health effects, physical and mental, but that doesn't need to be the case. Your ACE number is simply an entry point to your own story. Where it leads is up to you. My number story begins with years of emotional abuse and leads to peace, clarity and security in my self-worth. Take control of where your number story leads at numberstory.org. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back for the final segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Across from me, Daria Montgomery. She is a referral relations specialist with Recovery Ways, letting us know in their slogan that healing is possible. I appreciate that vision. Daria, such a huge need for mental health services, for substance abuse issues, and uh, we're glad that you're here at this venue. Thank you for having me. So referral relations specialist. Just hearing the term and letting folks know your phone number, it sounds like you're the first person that often will be contacted in this whole process. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. And much to my husband's hatred, my phone is constantly ringing and text messages, and that's okay. This is our commitment to to each other as a community, and this is I'm happy to do it. Yes, That's, that's tremendous. So are you just dealing in your role, Daria, with end users, with people who need help, or are there hospital networks, tribal health directors, are there people at that level that are contacting you as well? Absolutely. In fact, I would say the majority of the folks that contact me are social workers or discharge planners in hospitals. Mm-hmm. We work a lot with veteran populations, so um, a lot of the VAs are contacting us. The providers are often the ones that are calling, just seeking what resources we have and what we can offer. So I would say about, honestly, 60 to 60, 40, most often I'm speaking with the providers in the communities that are making the referral. I'm excited about what you're doing, and I know folks, as they listen, everyone's aware that these challenges with mental health, substance abuse are affecting every community. Of course, it's not an isolated Native issue. It's a worldwide issue. That's right. And uh, I think one of the big questions that a lot of people have, you know, we start talking about treatment and someone may get to the point of treatment and then they start hearing about 30-day intensive residential programs. They hear about outpatient programs that are weeks long. And sometimes that seems like that's a deterrent. People Mm -hmm. say, yeah, I need to do this. Now's not a good time. And procrastination, as we know in many areas, is sometimes deadly. What kind of messaging do you, do your organization give to people who feel that they really have a need for what you're offering, but they may even talk with you and say, hey, this just isn't a good time. What do you say to them? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, unfortunately, we can only move, you know, at the pace that the patient is. Mm -hmm. And and that's so important to meet the patient where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, I have patients that I have talked with and maybe that starts out with a conversation. If they're local, maybe they come in and they tour the facility. Maybe it's a conversation with their spouse or their parent the time after that. So it's this evolving conversation and maybe it takes them two months, but at least they're in that contemplative state of change, right? Mm-hmm. They're at least talking mm-hmm. about it. They're thinking about it. And I, our team, that's why there's so many of us, we'll check in with them. And sometimes that means a text message here and there. Hey, are you doing okay? What do you need today? Are you sober? What can we do to help you? And if they need something maybe in their local community, you know, figuring out what that resource is so that we can connect them with that just for the time being until they are ready to come in for treatment. And the truth of it is that sometimes, especially when you're talking about working with insurance, that that requires a little bit of time. Mm, You know, we have mm -hmm. to figure out if that insurance needs a prior authorization, for example. But that's why we have a whole team of us that are doing this 
for our patients so they don't have to worry about it. We can do that expeditiously and just sort of keep them updated with what's happening and what they need to do. So we can really, I guess the bottom line of that is we can move as quickly or as slow as that patient is ready to. Certainly time is of the essence. I love the messaging though, because what I hear you saying is anybody who's listening to this show, no matter where they are, don't hesitate to get on the phone and call because you'll help walk them through the process. Maybe now isn't the time to come to one of your facilities. So uh, again, that phone number, if I've got it down right, is 801-915-0260. That's correct. That is your cell. And if um, someone says, you know, that sounds a little creepy. I feel like I know Daria, but (laughs) I don't want someone knowing what I'm going through. I just kind of want to check out Recovery Ways online. That's simply recoveryways.com, That's right. Yes, exactly. There's also our 800 number, if you're, which you're always welcome to call. That number is 855-355-3092, and any one of our admissions team can pick up that call as well. Okay, so 855, so it's a toll-free number. That's right. 355-3092. Yes. Okay, we've got it. Now, i got to come back to something because... I've worked with actually residential treatment programs. I've especially worked with uh, innovative ones that deal with chronic disease, Mm -hmm. so diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, things like that. So some of what we've done is in the mental health and the substance abuse arena over the years, not currently in one of those facilities. But you mentioned a couple of things that I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of my fellow professionals might listen to it and say, ah, is this for real or is this just kind of bunch of fluff. You mentioned this somatic experience and also the sensory rooms. Mm -hmm. This is not in the language of most uh, (laughs) clinicians. So so tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, the somatic experience team. Yeah. So our somatic experience team, they are our clinical team. So our licensed clinical social workers, CMF H's, they're, they're really focusing to see what sort of damage has been done over time to the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes that means how to interrupt the intrusive patterns that are mm. happening. So what is that craving that becomes all-consuming that's leading you up to standing outside of the liquor store? So mm-hmm. how do we interrupt that? And honestly, that would probably be a better question posed for our, sure, sure. For our uh, clinicians, but that's our approach. And over at our booth over here, like we have the fidget spinners and we have hmm. the high chews and like there's practical items that these guys are using to help patients like identify what these triggers look like and how mm-hmm. they're manifesting in their body. Um, and we use music and sense. I mean, really it's the five senses that we know, mm. taste, touch, smell, whatever. And they actually utilize eight senses. They educate each patient mm. based on the eight senses um, to figure out how Again, to interrupt those intrusive thoughts and those intrusive patterns and damage done over time. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me because basically, you know, you're talking about not just treating people in a concentrated, very focused treatment process, but you're also talking about keeping people doing well, keeping right. them sober, keeping them free from the addictive substances, keeping them in a good space mentally. That's right. And so these sensory rooms and the somatic experience team are really, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're talking about identifying maybe triggers, early symptoms, early indicators that you may be going in the wrong direction, and then giving each patient something individualized that they can do. Am I hearing that? That is absolutely right. And they're, each of these um, modalities are sort of in a beast in their own, right, trying to tackle all of this at once. 
So our medical team may be looking at what psychotropic medications they need, or mm. if it's an opioid use disorder, what buprenorphine or what, you know, what medication-assisted treatment interventions they may need. And then the clinical team is doing the individual therapy, and we do have a really robust family education program. Mm. So that's their focus. And then somatic experiencing and somatic and, and sensory they're sort of in that mind-body area. Mm -hmm. So it's really just this all hands on deck. And then, like I said, on the back end, we've got the case managers and the alumni team. So it's this idea that we work collaboratively from every angle to support each patient as they go through this journey towards recovery. So one of the questions that folks are probably having as they're listening to the show, they've said, okay, so you've got facilities throughout the West. You'll take people from anywhere, obviously. You'll work with them to try to make sure it's affordable. But as far as that long-term piece, that follow-up piece, it sounds like you do do a lot of distance work, your clinicians, is that right? Telemedicine type things? Right. Our virtual intensive outpatient program, right. We're licensed in 10 states, in Utah, some of the surrounding states, and then out in Florida. We have some of our patients who admit directly just to the virtual intensive outpatient program. Mm -hmm. This goes back to the screening process to figure out what level of care is most appropriate for them. But... The majority, I would say, use that as a step down from once they complete one of the higher, you know, residential or day treatment, right. and then they go back to their home community. And this is sort of their touch point three times a week where they're able to check in. Mm-hmm. For our patients who have a substance use disorder, we'll typically try and find a lab that's close by their home that they mm-hmm. can go and do a UA there. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is just to help that patient in terms of the accountability mm-hmm. as they continue exactly. the treatment. Mm-hmm. And you know better than anyone that what benefits a patient in terms of that recovery is that long-term engagement. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do well in those first 30 days that they put them in that bubble, but what are we doing together to make sure that all of those systems are in place so the Mm -hmm. patient really has long-term success? And that's what our commitment is to at Recovery Ways. That's tremendous. So one more time, if someone says, hey, I'm ready to at least learn a little bit more, or maybe they've been hesitant, this seems kind of anonymous, uh, they don't know you personally. Maybe they don't know anyone in Utah. Or maybe they're in your backyard, but, of course, it's all confidential. What's the first place to reach out to? You personally, toll-free number, website, or does it matter? Honestly, whatever you're comfortable with. Our website, you're able to request questions or your submit a request online for, for information. You're welcome to call me or any one of my colleagues. You're welcome to call our 800 number and directly speak with our admissions team. We're just glad that you're calling. Tremendous. One more time, that website. Recoverywaze, with an S at the end, dot com. Recoverywaze.com. That is Daria Montgomery, Referral Relations Specialist with Recovery Ways. Daria, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our time has slipped away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Hopefully the show has been a benefit to you and to those that you love. As always, I'm wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One. The Native American Radio Network.